Awesome. Well, good morning, everyone. Um, I am not Pastor Lynn. I am Josh. Uh, but I'm happy to be here and just share a word that the Lord has put on my heart for you guys. Um, <clears throat> first of all, I just want to tell you, I really believe and have been feeling lately that a TFA is entering into a new season. Uh, I believe that we're entering, entering into a season of growth. Uh, as, as Brad mentioned, we have an awesome family here. And I believe God wants to expand this family. Do you believe that? Um, and so I believe in, in the next year, we're going to see uh, more people following Jesus, more people getting baptized, um, more people being discipled. And I believe that God wants to use us as a church, uh, collectively but individually. Do you know that, that each and every one of you are called? Each and every one of you are called to reach the lost. Do you believe that? Let me ask you a question. Actually, let me read a verse to you first. This is Mark 16, uh, verse 15. Jesus says, Go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. Okay, so who in this room believes that there are people in our community who are lost and need to know the truth of Jesus? Do this if you believe that. Okay, great. Most of us. Who here believes that God wants to use us as the church to reach the lost in our community? Do this if you believe that. Good. Sound theology. I like it. We're going to come back to those two questions in a minute. Uh, first, I want to share a conversation with you that I had uh, with a student a couple of years ago. Um, uh, the student was talking to me about the church today, and he said, you know what the problem with the church today is? Which, don't you love those conversations? Tell me, please tell me what's wrong with the church today. I would love to hear about it. He said, uh, I think the problem with the church today is that, that we are too shallow. That we don't have enough theological depth. We don't have a depth of understanding of who God is. Now, don't answer, but I want you to think about that. Do you agree or disagree? Do you believe that, that the key problem with the church, and whenever I talk about the, the church, I'm thinking about the church being evangelical, the church walking in the mission of God. Do you think that the key issue is that we don't understand enough? I don't. I disagree. I think the key issue with the church today, if there is, if there's a fault or a lacking, it's not in a depth of theology, it's simply obedience to the gospel. You know, the gospel is very simple. It's not complex. In fact, uh, the church was built on the backs of a bunch of unschooled fishermen. They didn't have any theological training. They were just willing to leave everything behind and follow Jesus. I believe that God wants to do something radical in our lives and through our lives as we are simply obedient to him. Uh, so this morning, I want to talk to you about simple obedience and, and how Jesus wants to change our lives and how he wants to change this community through simple obedience. So I grew up in church, uh, and every Sunday I was there, um, I, I had a lot of understanding of the Word of God. By the time I graduated high school and left for college, I had heard sermon after sermon after sermon after sermon preached out of the Bible. Um, and so my, my head was full of information. I had a lot of understanding. But when I went to college, 
my sophomore year, I got involved in uh, this small group. It's like a life group. Uh, we call them D groups in Chi Alpha. And, uh, and it, was, it was the most life-transforming year of my life. You know why? We would sit down in the circle, and we would open up the Bible, and we would read something. And then they would close the Bible, and these guys would start talking about how they would do the thing that they read. And that, that was different for me. That was novel. I was used to sitting in church and listening to someone tell me what I should do. And I was used to filling my mind with the information of the Bible. But closing the Bible and then talking about what we should do based on what we read, that was novel to me. And so we read about fasting. And then you know what we did that week? We fasted for three days. We read about healing. There was an atheist that came into our D group. We read about healing. He's like, well, you know what? I have a headache. We're like, hey, we can pray for it. So we prayed for healing, and he was healed. It was awesome. I remember, like, after that night, I called my friend, Jake, and I was like, dude, you'll never believe what happened. Jesus just healed this guy in D group. It was amazing. Did you know he did that? Like, that was real. Like, I, I had the understanding that Jesus, this is who Jesus is. This is what Jesus could do. Man, I, we would read something about how Jesus has a heart for the lost. And so then we would take every opportunity we could to share the gospel with, with other students on campus. That year was transformative for me, not because I was hearing things for the first time. It was transformative because I was doing things for the first time. See, my problem was that I had heard the truth. I knew what to do but it never translated into action in my life. So following Jesus is very simple. It's not easy, and there's a difference. I understand following Jesus is not easy. We're going to have to leave a lot of things behind, things that, that we may want. We may have to sacrifice. People die for the sake of the gospel. It's not easy, but it is simple. Anyone can do it. Why did I disagree with this guy? Because <laughs> I believe the problem that we hear, the problem is that we hear, but we don't do. That we know, but we're not obedient. And I, I believe this because there's an instance in the Bible where Jesus shares a story with a group of the most religious people at that time, the Pharisees. These were the guys who, they were there for the Sunday morning service, the Sunday night service, the Wednesday night service. They were serving. They were, they were all over the place, okay? These guys were like the core group of the temple, church, whatever. Okay, so like these guys, and they had a vast knowledge of Scripture, better than anyone else. In fact, they were the teachers of Israel, okay? So no one knew Scripture better than these guys. Let me read this story to you. This is in Matthew chapter 21, verse 28. Jesus says, what do you think? There was a man who had two sons. He went to the first and said, son, go and work today in the vineyard. I will not, he answered, but later he changed his mind and went. Then the father went to the other son and said the same thing. He said, I will, sir, but he did not go. Which of the two did what his father wanted? The first, they answered. Jesus said to them, I love, man, I love that Jesus says stuff like this. Truly, I tell you, the tax collectors and the prostitutes are entering the kingdom of God ahead of you. Who is he saying this to? The Pharisees. These are the most religious people 
like in Israel at this time. And Jesus is saying, listen, guys, you have all the understanding. You know all the scriptures. You're there at every service. But there are people who are being obedient where you are not. And they are entering the kingdom of God ahead of you. Jesus emphasizes action. He emphasizes obedience. He says that you guys know a lot, but you're not doing it. Man, Lord, protect us from knowing a lot and not doing it. God, would you help us to be obedient to this simple gospel? Man, we know that like, words are cheap, right? We hear that, that phrase a lot. Words are cheap. And I would also say that knowledge without action is empty. You know what? Like, if someone says, hey, I'm going through this really hard time, and you say, well, I'll be praying for you. Any of us do that? Uh, I do that all the time. About 10% of the time, I actually pray for them, you know? But, like, that's the Christian thing you say. Like, I will be praying for you. Um, you know what? Unless I actually drop to my knees and spend time interceding for that person, my words mean nothing. There is no power in my promise to pray if I don't actually seek the Lord and intercede for them. Words are cheap. Like, and how many times, and, and this is me, guys, like, I come to ch- uh, church services, I hear the word, sit in Sunday school, I hear the word, I read the Bible, I hear the word, and I, I have all these revelations, I'm like, man, that's good, I'm going to write that down, I need to share that with somebody, but I never do it. Jesus wants to take us from knowledge to obedience. I believe that what we as a church... As, as the global church, but even as this church, what we need, what I need, is not more knowledge or revelation of the deep mysteries of God. What we need is simple obedience to what we already know, to what Jesus commands us to do. Let me ask you, like, do you believe that we should forgive people? Yeah, <laughs> right? Like, none of us would argue, actually, there's a condition. No, like, we believe that we should forgive people. Do we always forgive people? Do we believe that we should humble ourselves? Yeah. Do we always humble ourselves? Do we believe that we should go and share the gospel with the lost? Yes. Do we always do that? Uh, the other day, I was, I was walking through the house, and I walked past Jack's room, uh, which if you don't know the most awesome kid in the world, his name is Jack. Walker Ellen, he is three years old. Um, <clears throat> he is in his room. He is playing. I walk by, and his room is what my mom would say looks like a tornado came through. Um, I don't, I don't say that because it's cliche, and I want to be different. But I would say it's, it's just, it's. It looked like he had taken everything out of his closet and was taking inventory of what he owned. <laughs> it was like it was laying all over the floor. It was everywhere. I said, Jack. <laughs> Your room is a mess, bud. I want you to clean it up. He said, okay, daddy. So good conversation. So I walk out, I go into the kitchen, and I start uh, doing what I do best, which is making coffee. And uh, drinking my coffee, about 10 minutes go by. I'm going to go check on Jack and and check on his progress. So I walk back uh, by his room, and Jack is laying on his belly. He has crayons scattered all over the place, and he's drawing on this piece of paper. And his room is a mess. Jack, I thought I told you to clean your room. You did, Daddy. (laughs) Okay, well, (laughs) 
Thanks for clarifying. I know I'm not crazy. I know that I actually did say that. You did, Dad. Okay, uh, well, it's still a mess. Well, I've been thinking a lot about what you said. And, and man, it was, it was just so good. Like, first of all, I don't really know where to begin yet. But what I'm doing is I'm writing it down. Because I don't want to forget what you told me. This was such a deep revelation. He's a very intelligent three-year-old. It was such a deep revelation. I don't want to forget it. Jack, clean your room. <laughs> okay, Daddy. So I leave, and I go back into the living room. And sitting there finishing my coffee. Uh, it's probably my third cup of coffee uh, in the last 10 minutes that I'm describing. I drink a lot of coffee. Um, and I finally hear things moving around in, in Jack's room. Okay, good. So he got, he got the point. Now he's cleaning his room. So I let a few minutes go by, and I go back there. And, uh, and before I get to his door, I hear this music. What is this? And I walk in, his room is a mess, even worse than it was before. And he's sitting there, he's playing guitar, and he has this piece of paper and his crayon like behind his ear, and he'll like, Jack, what are you doing? Dad, I'm glad you're here. Look, I'm writing a song about how important it is to clean my room. <laughs> because the revelation, like as I was meditating on it, after you left the second time, I thought, man, what if, what if I could put music to this and share it with all of my friends? And we could all sing about how important it is to clean our rooms. And also, Dad, uh, by the way, I told Cannon uh, what you told me, and he's in there thinking about cleaning his room too. Isn't that awesome? Like, we're really changing the house here. Also, Dad, uh, while I have you, would you mind uh, dropping me off at John Terry's house later? Um, because this is a word I really feel like he needs to know how important it is to clean his room. And so uh, we're going we're gonna to start a small group. And we're going to encourage each other weekly and remind each other of how important it is to clean our rooms. And man, just, just think about it, Dad. Like if, if the like maybe people will hear about it. They'll start, start coming. And once a week, we can meet. And we can talk about how important it is for us to clean our rooms. And maybe one day, the entire city of Tuscaloosa will know how important it is to clean their rooms. Why did I tell Jack to clean his room? So he could write it down? So he could write a song? So he could tell someone else to do it? Because I wanted Jack to clean his room. That's why I told him that. Now, surely we don't do this, though, right? I do. <laughs> I'll be the first one to say I do. Okay? Do I believe that there are people that I pass by, that I live by, that I talk to every day who don't know who Jesus is? Yes, I believe that. Do I believe that God wants to use me to share his truth with them? Yes. So how many people have I shared the truth of Jesus with this week? Oh, that's, that's not fair. How many times do I even ask God, like, God, will you use me today? I want to be used by you. Well, no, I mean, you understand, like, I ha I'm busy. I have a lot of things. We are out painting the church. Like, I don't have, like, I I'm doing other things related to that, but... 
Man, why does God share that stuff with us? Why does God give us revelation? I do this all the time, guys. Like, um, well, first of all, I think what happens to me, and probably to you guys as well, if if you relate to that, we're deceived by our knowledge. We get deceived by knowledge. What I mean by that is we know what we should do, and because I know what I should do, I trick myself into thinking I'm doing that thing. James put it this way in uh, chapter 1, verse 22. He says, do not merely listen to the word, and so deceive yourselves. Don't be hearers of the word, and so deceive yourselves. Then what does it say? Do what it says. Don't just hear the word. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. So I ask so many people taking selfies, forgetting what they look like. <laughs> Got to remind themselves. I do this all the time, guys. Like, I'll receive a revelation from the Lord and I'm like, whoa, oh my gosh. I had never thought about it that way before. That's awesome. I need to go tell Katie. First thing I do is I run out, Katie, look, uh, this is something I felt like the Lord was teaching me today. And I share, oh, that's awesome. You know what? This will make a great song. And I'll sit down and I'll start thinking about lyrics to a song. And my knowledge deceives me. I've received a revelation from God that I haven't acted on yet. God didn't tell me that so I could share it with Katie. God didn't tell me that so I could write a song about it. God told me that so I would do it. Do you know why Jesus told us to proclaim the gospel to those who don't know it? Not so that we could journal about it. Not so that we could sing about it or listen to sermons about it or have church about it. Jesus told us to proclaim the gospel to the lost so that we would go proclaim the gospel to the lost. It's that simple. So what good is knowledge without obedience? The Pharisees had that, and Jesus rebuked them. You guys, like, you've been to church every single Sunday. You can tell me where every single verse is. You're not doing it, though. Your knowledge, without obedience, useless. We all believe in Jesus, right? What good is that, though? James even even talks about what good is it if you have faith, but you don't have actions, if you don't have deeds to back it up. He says, uh, faith without works is dead. Have you guys heard this before? Faith without works is dead. You believe in God, good. So do the demons, (laughs) and they shudder. What is faith in God if we're not willing to act in accordance with what Jesus has told us to do? What distinguishes us from Pharisees? What distinguishes us from the demons? Obedience. The difference is we are willing to be obedient to Jesus. And Jesus says that if you love me, you'll keep my commands. This is the mark of a true follower of Jesus. So let me ask you this question again. Do you believe that there are people in this community who need to know the truth of of who Jesus is? Can't change your answer. Do you believe that God wants to use you to tell them who Jesus is? 
than what James would say. If you know what you should do and you don't do it, get ready to repent because it is sin. If we know what we should do, we have an obligation to be obedient to it. Man, the thought of sharing Jesus with strangers used to terrify me. I'm going to be honest with you. Did it terrify anyone else? It's okay to be honest. We'll be a little honest this morning. It used to scare me. Uh, like, what are they going to think about me? What if I just completely forget what I'm supposed to do? And what if I, what if I forget Jesus' name? Like, what if I accidentally say the wrong name? <laughs> like, I just panic, you know? I can't do that. And my, my excuse was, but that's not really me. That's not my personality. I'm not the type to just go up to a stranger, hey, can I pray for you? Is there anything that you need prayer for? I want to tell you about who Jesus is. Do you go to church anywhere? Like, that's, that's just not my personality. Then I thought, I wonder what Jesus thinks of that excuse. Oh, yeah, Josh, that's a good excuse. Was, I didn't think about that when I told it. I guess Jesus is from Brooklyn. <laughs> didn't think about that. When I commanded you to go and proclaim the gospel to the lost. So, the good thing is, it's okay if that's not me. It's okay if that's just not who I am. Because Jesus doesn't need me anyway. He doesn't need my qualities. He doesn't need my, my uh, eloquent speech or my knowledge, my people skills. He doesn't need any of that. What does Jesus need? Out of us, what does he need? Obedience. All he needs is our willingness to be used by him. Are you willing to be used by him? In Kaiafa, we started doing this thing called treasure hunting. Uh, some of you have heard about it. Um, the premise of treasure hunting, I'll explain it to you. It's not weird. Uh, the premise of treasure hunting is we believe that God is always wanting to do something through us. We believe that there are people around us all the time who need to, need to be encouraged with the truth of Jesus, need to hear the truth of Jesus, need healing, and so uh, we just spend a little bit of time, and we ask the Lord, God, will you just direct me to someone today? Show me who I can pray for. Show me who I can, I can share the gospel with. And we'll sit there, and we'll pray, and, and just spend a little bit of time meditating. And, and as we pray, um, different images will, will pop into our minds. And so, for instance, uh, a red and white striped shirt or a green shirt, or something like that. It will pop into our mind, or maybe someone's name, or a place, or something like that. And so the next part is simple. We just go and we look for that thing. <laughs> and if we find it, okay, well, I'm going to assume that this is where God was directing me. But you, you know what? Even if we're wrong, is it wrong? Like, is it a bad thing to say, hey, you know what? Jesus loves you. Is there anything I can pray for? Oh, sorry. Uh, I didn't realize that was teal. I thought it was green. My bad. Sorry. <laughs> wrong person. So even if we're wrong, like, it's okay. Uh, and in fact, if I'm going to err, I'm going to err on the side of obedience and trying rather than timidity and fear. So we spend time in prayer, and we ask the Lord uh, to show us where to go. And, and so uh, we did this, this last semester uh, with a group of people, and we went out to the Strip on Thursday night, which is a pretty fun night to be out on the Strip. <laughs> a lot of characters, uh, a lot of things going on. And uh, a lot of people who need to know Jesus. So we went out there and we prayed, Lord, show us where to go. And so 
<clears throat> I, I had the image of like this silver can. And I was paired up with another guy who said, I'm looking for a guy with a red and white striped shirt. Okay, well, let's go find this red and white striped shirt holding a sil- silver can, and we'll know, like, we can go pray for him. So we look around, look and look and look. We can't find him. Uh, and I said, okay, well, let's, let's just stop. Let's pray again and see if the Lord gives us anything else to go by. So we stop, and we pray again, and he's like, man, I don't know. Now all I'm seeing is like this drop of water falling into more water, and it's creating all these ripples. I'm like, well, normally we're looking for shirts, and so I don't really, I've never seen a shirt like that. Um, he's like, well, uh, I have to go to the bathroom, so let's think about it on the way. So we went to Publix. Uh, he went on to the bathroom. I was in the back aisle of Publix, and he came out. He's like, all right, well, what do you want to do? And I'm like, man, I don't know. I guess we can go back outside. Wait. And I look over, and where I had stopped is on the very back aisle of, of Publix. Um, there was this logo for a water bottle. And it had a drop of water falling into more water and it's creating all these ripples. I was like, dude, there's the, there's the water. He's like, yeah, that's like exactly what I was picturing. And we turned around and right next to it was this stack of Coors Light beer, which none of you know this, but Coors Light beer, they're in silver cans. And I'm like, man, there's enough space for both of us to stand between this. Let's just stand right in between these two things that we have seen. And let's look straight ahead and wait for the guy in the red and white striped shirt to show up. And we did. We stood there for about 30 minutes, which we have already spent about 45 minutes looking for this guy, okay? So we're standing there for about 30 minutes. Our friends are coming up. What are you guys doing? Uh, <laughs> well, you see, we're waiting for this guy uh, in the red and white striped shirt. If you see him, tell me he's in the wrong place. He's supposed to be standing right in front of us. And so, uh, so we're, we're standing there, 30 minutes go by, and sure enough, and it's not like we don't have... It's not like we have a lot of traffic and a lot of guys in red and white striped shirts walking around, okay? But this guy walks around the corner, and he looks like Waldo. Red and white striped shirt. There he is. And, like, uh, Jacob and I, we just kind of stop. We're like, what if he comes and he stands right in front of us? And so, like, he's walking down the aisle, and we're standing in front of the butter, like the most indecisive butter shoppers ever, just standing here staring at it. Any minute now, 30 minutes go by, and the guys are in the back on the security cameras. What are these guys doing? <laughs> Send some help. They're confused. But this guy, he walks and he stands right in front of us. I could reach out and touch him, and I did. I reached out and I touched him. I said, hey, and I explained to him what we were doing. And he's with all of his friends, and they were laughing. Uh, he was embarrassed. And I'm like, listen, we're not going to embarrass you. I just want to tell you, uh, Jesus loves you. So much that we've been waiting, looking for you for an hour and 15 minutes to tell you that. And we prayed for him. I said, listen, Jesus wants, wants you to know that he loves you. He hasn't forgotten you, and he sees you. And we left. Also that night, Michael and uh, another guy, they're looking for a guy with a green shirt, black shirt over it, something like that. And uh, they told me about it. I'm like, oh, well, there's a guy in a green shirt. And they're like, nah, wrong green. <laughs> like, oh, wow, you guys are specific. I like it. It's like hunter green. Um, but they, they went around. They looked and looked and looked. and had like this specific logo they were looking for. And they found the guy walking up the stairs by one of those bars. So they followed him up the stairs to his apartment. Hey, man. Uh, <laughs> and they told him what they were doing. He's like, wow, this is crazy. Like, I've been struggling with all this depression. And like, I want to follow Jesus. I just don't really know how. They're like, hey, we know how. <laughs> we can teach you. Also that night, um, I mean, we had tons of stories. I would take way too much time telling you stories from that night. 
the next day, though, or Sunday, we had leadership, and one of the guys on leadership, he heard this, these stories, and he was like, well, that sounds cool, but I feel like these guys have good intentions, and they're just kind of making stuff up and finding it, okay? And so on Monday, he felt convicted. Well, if you're going to doubt so much, you might as well try it and prove that you're right. So he's like, okay, well, I'm going to try it. So he prays, and it's like, okay, well, I see this white dude with hair like this, and he's in a brown jacket. And so he goes around and looks for him. Five minutes later, he sees him sitting by himself by Chick-fil-A. This exact guy that he was looking for, he goes and he sits down and gets his number and shares what was going on. He's like, dude, this is crazy. We need to hang out more. You can tell me more about what you're doing. So he didn't even have faith that it worked, okay? This is how much God wants to use us. He didn't even believe that it would work. He just made himself available. And God's like, hey, well, that's all I need. Here you go. Now go. Caleb, uh, a couple days later, he, he did this on campus and uh, met a guy or saw this guy uh, with a skull and crossbone t-shirt, which, man, don't, isn't that something you want to be looking for? Um, so he, he walked around. Had to go into Starbucks, and right by the bathroom was this guy in a Skull and Crossbones t-shirt. In fact, he came to church one day. This guy from China, an international student, he came to church, sat right over there where Sam's sitting right now. God wants to use us if we'll make ourselves available. I wonder if there are people in Walmart right now who need to know who Jesus is. If someone would just make themselves available to be used by God. I wonder if there are parents sitting on the bleachers with us when we're watching our kids play who are desperate to know that Jesus is still thinking about them. If someone would just make themselves available. God wants to use us, and he will use us if we would make ourselves available and be obedient. What would God do through our lives? What would God do in this church? If we, each and every one of us, responded in obedience to this. If we woke up every single day, every time we got in our car, God, who can I be looking for today? What would God do? We can't even conceive it, guys. We've hardly scratched the surface. Forget painting the lobby. We're building a building, you know? Like, God wants to radically transform this community through us we would be obedient. I want to ask uh, Michael and Sloan to come up. They're just going to play quietly. For response this morning, um, and I, I prayed about it, and, and I just felt like the Lord is just calling us to do this, to just spend some time and, and ask the Lord who we can go and share the gospel with. Now listen, it doesn't have to be a weird, freaky thing. It's not like you have to go, Jesus was the fulfillment of everything leading up to whatever BC, and now like he wants me to come and tell you this, and blah, blah, blah. This is the whole gospel story. Here's my message. Here's my presentation. We don't have to go stand on the corner of some street and like yell out all, all of this stuff about who Jesus is. That's not what he's asking us to do. Man, it's as simple as just saying, hey, uh, I was praying, and uh, I felt like the Lord showed me a picture of you, and I just wanted to see if I could pray for you. You know what? People aren't offended by that. And even if they are, who cares? 
Jesus loves him, and he wants him to know anyway. So as these guys play, um, I want to ask you guys just to, to bow your heads, and we're going to pray together. And this week we're going to do a little treasure hunting. We're just going to ask the Lord, which by the, the way, the youth is doing this on Wednesday. I'm pretty sure we're going to go out and we're going to treasure hunt together. And wouldn't it be awesome if this entire church was doing that this week? So let's pray. I'm going to give you some time, some silence, just to, to listen to the Lord. But ask the Lord, God, would you just show me? Show me who to go to. And don't exclude people in this room. God wants to speak, uh, speak things to each other, like through, through each other. So don't exclude that. And if God gives you somebody, be obedient to go and can I pray for you? Um, but we're just going to pray and seek the Lord. God, would you show us? Would you show us who you want to send us to? Give us names. Uh, give us things to look for. God, we want to be obedient to you. And we're just seeking after your direction, Lord.